When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Crips of the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am the uh, um, crazy Jay. And I'm the enchanted Emily. And today's high-flying episode uh, is coming from the stars. Ooh, high-flying from the stars. That's or pretty high. is it from the canopy floor? Or from Stargate? No. The movie? You don't even know what yeah. that. You don't even know what Stargate the topic Galactica. is. Wait so, a minute. Jay has a limited idea of the topic. Emily has no idea of the topic. All I know is UFO. Yeah, she can read the page from over there. <laughs> <laughs> so we have another living UFO sighting. <laughs> oh, another sighting. Yeah, uh, a very different. This is more of the classic jellyfish type of UFO. Okay. Uh, which there is a lot of them. I didn't realize how many actual jellyfish shaped. UFOs there are. Hmm. Uh, I would say it's probably out of the non-classic shaped UFOs. It's probably the next highest sighted. Like common? Yeah. Sighted? Okay. If you get rid of all the really common and go to the uncommon, it's probably the highest uncommon. What's the common? Uh, you know, your classic disc, your floating balls of light. The cigar shape one? The cigar shape or, or the tic-tac, whatever one you want to call that yeah. one. And um, the triangles. Okay. And the triangles are varying sizes. That's, that's true, yeah. And then and then Starlink. Oh, true, yeah. That I, lit the world on fire for about a week. And I just seen another video of that pop up. People are like, yeah, what is it? I know. Well, it's freaky when you don't know what it is until like literally you showed me that, and I'm like, oh no, that's Starlink. Yeah, I know. A bit disappointing. But no, it it really looks freaky. weird. Yeah, weird strain of lights. Mm-hmm. All right. So and then the back end of this has some. What I'm going to say, once again, this we have a twofer for today's recording. These probably are weeks of coming out weeks apart, but today's recording, I have something we're going to say on the podcast that I think is the first time it's ever been shared. Mm, bum, bum, bum. And I'm more confident about this than the Paris Oh. Uh, 
uh, because I really think this at least has the capabilities of explaining some of UFOs. Mm, okay. And there's a little bit of uh, biological knowledge. So buckle up, because you're going to get your mm-hmm. first taste at this UFO hot take. Do you know? We'll probe your brains. So here's a, here's a question for everybody at home <laughs> to think about why we're going over this first UFO sighting. So I have a UFO sighting, then we're going to get into some stuff. Okay. What is one of the oldest forms of multicellular life? Hmm. One of them is my favorite animal because they've been so successful and they've survived every mass extinction. Bowfin. The water no, bug. Good, oh. good. Water bears, we don't know. I think I, I'm 100% sure water bears are aliens. <laughs> That's um, not even a joke. Sharks? Oh, much older than sharks. Okay. Is it the sturgeon? Sharks are older than trees. True. So it's not a tree. But these things make sharks look like infants in the time scale. Mm, these dirt. Things, these things were around. Think first in multicellular organisms. Dirt ball. Sure. Okay. Air. All right. <laughs> Living. So this is the name, this is the name of the article. Uh, so this is actually from May fifth, two thousand sixteen, a day after my birthday. Oh. Um, but it just it was fascinating. It caught me. If you here's I got a picture of it. It looks very jellyfish shape. It has the bell and what appears to be tendrils and the organ sac hanging down. Um, but the title of the article is Living UFO Seen Swimming Through the Skies Over Mexico. Mm. And it really, so uh, UFO hunters talk about, it's a, they really seen, this one really sticks out as being very organic in movement, in shape. Uh, in, the bell actually looks like it's pulsing, like how a jellyfish would use for locomotion. Oh, okay. Um, there's not a whole lot on it, but it was seen for a long period of time. What was the year again? 2016. 16, okay, mm-hmm. so very recent. Mm-hmm. This actually happened on my birthday, but wasn't reported till the day after. Ah. So that's why it's special. So special. Also because it's National Star Wars Day. And that is another thing, is it was a giant jellyfish-shaped uh, thing, but on my birthday. But what else, Jay and Emily, is jellyfish-shaped? The, 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 the sky jelly. What? <laughs> That's why I just asked. What else is shaped like that? That sky jelly we talked about. Oh, the Ohio River Manta Ray? Yeah, that one. There we go. Not really, but okay. I know what you're getting at. I know. I don't want to. <laughs> I just the the answer Emily gave was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. What? The other living UFO. <laughs> yes, that is correct. But that's not what I was going for. Right. Uh, but so before we get into that, I just like ask, I, I love building this up. So I'm going to keep so building it up. What else is jellyfish shaped? A squid, perhaps? Sure. Now let's stop asking those questions. An oh, okay. But an unknown <laughs> luminous thing or being has been seen sometimes close to the earth and sometimes high in the upper atmosphere. It may be some sort of a uh, thing that are living uh, and occasionally coming down for someone else to see. Mm hmm. And there's kind of this idea that they may even be, so if they are coming down, uh, it may be that they are actually intergalactic travelers, uh, a species of animal that moves through the vacuum of space, hmm. and they dip down to planets with atmospheres for either feeding, reproduction, or just a rest. So we look at, for example, humpback whales. Uh, humpback whales travel in the jet streams in the ocean, mm-hmm. and they go thousands of miles without rest. Mm-hmm. Powerful swimming, a lot, of, a lot of focus. Every once in a while, they pull off. And they pick a shallow, warm spot, and they just relax for a bit. Hmm. 
So that's kind of one of the ideas that maybe these living UFOs are really a thing, and they're actually from space, that they may be using planets with thicker atmospheres. Just to chill. As a, yeah, as a pull-off point. It's warm, it's shallow, and there's not much stuff that messes with them. Hmm. You think if you're flying through space... Everybody needs a break. True. I'm, if you're going through the jet stream in the ocean, that's a lot of work for a long period of time. True. And humpback whales put up with it, but they do need a rest. Okay. Uh, All, right. All right. I'm following along then. And then albatrosses. If you really want to look at biological entities, uh, albatrosses, you know, fly thousands of miles without landing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they go hundreds without beating their wings. That's still exhausting work. And right. They do yeah. have, they have like a month cooling off period every year. Really? When they're breeding. Wow. Okay. They just chill out for a month? Yeah. They have some breeding islands. Huh. So they like, that's their only rest for the whole year. Oh, wow. Okay. So they need, so there's kind of this thought that maybe these are planet hoppers. They may even go further. They may be, you know, solar system, universe hoppers. Right. Yeah. They may travel, you know, thousands of years in the vacuum of space and then pull off for a little bit. We don't even know. And we wouldn't even know. Right. Yeah. Might not even happen in your lifetime. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you may not. It, it may. Uh, but so th- this references the book I have over there that I pulled out of the one of the few books I pulled out of the wrapper of uh, living you or living sky or what is it called sky beast living ufos mm-hmm. uh but there's a lot of these jellyfish shaped ones and for it normally seems to be it's weird they almost always co-occur with water or a large water source whether that be a river or an ocean or a lake mm-hmm. uh as far as we know they only happen where people inhabit because if they happen where people don't inhabit, we don't know about no it one's gonna witness it that was one thing i read in one of the descriptions i thought was funny like, you don't know if they're landing in the middle of Siberia. Right. It makes no sense. Uh, but yeah. It, it's like if a tree falls and no one's around to hear it. Does it make a sound? Yes, it does. Right. Yeah. It does cause air vibrations. They're just, you don't hear it. One time I was watching an NBA basketball game and uh, duh, I was redundant. And the announcer said, the guy shoots a shot. And the announcer says, Well, you got to take a look at it. That's a make or miss shot. And I'm sitting there listening. Then I realized every single shot is a make or miss shot. Is a make or miss shot, yeah. And he was so serious. There's other sayings like that that I'm trying to think of. Um, That one always stuck with me because it bothered me so much. So I'm going to do a lot of buildup for the thought here. Okay. So we're at Sky Jellies. Yep. So we do seem to have a sect of UFOs. Not all UFOs, Mm -hmm. but some UFOs that are animal-like in nature or a living thing like in nature mm-hmm. uh animal is one sect of life there are many types of life uh are you know our three-ish big ones are animal plant and fungus okay uh so there are i think five main branches of life uh now it's that's one of the things that's always being argued and changed it's always yeah there's always i count six because of the viruses i think viruses have their own branch mm, true um so ufos move and act like living animals in some case, or living things. High speed, uh, super high speeds, and then changing directions pretty much on the stop of a dime. Mm. So that's something that we haven't mastered technology because of basically the pilot inside. Right, yeah. So would... you have the thing with like centrifugal force and stuff like that. Even though the, we can make a jet stop on a dime, mm-hmm. you're going to be squished. Yeah, I was going to say. You're going to turn to paste. Your guts will be in the Because you're going to keep going. Yeah, exactly. Or you're going to have straps embedded into your chest. Mm-hmm. So the the problem is that a lot of these UFOs that are doing that 
and there could be futuristic technology we just can't wrap our heads around. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing is they like stop turn on a dime ninety degrees. So we have fish that do that. Sailfish, for example, uh, they're super high speed, sometimes up to ninety miles an hour, doing a ninety degree turn on that. Mm-hmm. Their whole body's designed for that quick, instantaneous motion. Yeah, and it's something that uh, I think they've been researching a lot for like high speed boats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Of how like the little things they have designed everything on their body is literally designed for that to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, we've seen that with the Tic Tac UFO. Um, also, they have this very much like teasing or playing notion about them. Mm, okay. Like again, I'm gonna use the tic tac, but it's happened a couple other times. Whether they're, it's like playing chicken with just the, checking you out, like with the pilots and yeah. stuff. Okay. And it seems to be very dolphin like in the games they're playing. So go- dolphins do everything in that. The tic tac video is always played to me as a biological thing mm. because it uh, screams dolphin behavior. Uh, you know, running beside it, you know, checking it out, and then right, playing around. It's like, see, this is how fast I can go. You can't go this fast. Yeah. And then the full-on flying at it and then turning at the last second. Uh, the instantaneous speed trap, you know. Uh, that's really Scream's curious thing that's, you know, wanting to kind of play. Okay. Skinwalker Ranch, for example, bum, 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 has had several UFOs they've recorded on their secondary cameras that have, like, swooped in and do these weird, like, swooping motions it looks just like a, an open ocean animal kind of just relaxing on its like swimming around it moves much more like an organic being rather than a piece of machinery okay that's like programmed to move that yeah. way gotcha yeah and then hmm. the giant light shows they put on uh you know like the the what was that the uh the attack now i'm drawing a blank the ufo attack of one of the out western cities Oh, L.A.? The L.A.? Uh, it was in L.A. They have the, where they were fought, shooting at Adam and stuff? Maybe that's what it was. I'm thinking, of, I, now I'm drawing a blank. Or are you talking to something else? Yeah, the Fresno Lights or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Think. Yeah, I think you're right. Fresno, which is California, too. Yeah, Fresno Lights, uh, where the U.S. government's like, nope, that was us. And then they could never, they tried to replicate it three times. And they and, never could. Yeah. But it really, that really looks like a deep sea biological bioluminescence show. Mm-hmm. It looks like... All these weird giant UFO light things always, to me, have screamed uh, like a breeding colony. Yeah. This is like the bioluminescent showing who's the best. They're in weird patterns, and then all of a sudden they break off from each other. They go do something else. Mm -hmm. But then they reform a a tight-knit pattern. And people, I think, really lose that biological entities that we know about do this. Right. Uh, I'd say so, because you don't normally imagine that happening in the sky above you. And I think we talked about the show, the butterfly squids, or no, the firefly squids, sorry. They have this giant robotic-like light show they perform for reproduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Christopher Columbus seen it. And some people point that to him seeing UFOs in the water. Yeah. But no, it fits the giant massive school of firefly squids in their reproduction stage. Mm, okay. And you're literally on what it's... Look, you, remember the old, you ever seen the old disco floors... Yeah, where and, the squares light up, yeah, basically. That's what it looks like in the open ocean for 10 miles. Hmm. And the ship was just randomly on top of it. Wouldn't that be a sight to see? Especially if you didn't know anything. Like, that's freaky. Yeah, you just sailed into like a different dimension. A disco. Yeah, exactly. And that's biology. But they form these tight-knit grid patterns hmm. that doesn't see... it When you're looking at it without that knowledge, it does not seem like something a bi- biological organism could produce. Right, something natural. 
And then when when we first started doing this stuff, like we always talk about cone jellies. Mm -hmm. Cone jellies have super robotic light shows. Oh, definitely. That's the one that got me convinced. Robotic. It's weird. I mean, it looks like a like it doesn't look organic. No, it looks like an LED light strip, just like flashing patterns and stuff. Another big one are the glo- uh, mushrooms have crazy bioluminescence across every habitat they're in. They, every continent has, besides Antarctica, has an example of crazy bioluminescence in mushrooms, mm-hmm. and that's one we don't really understand because they don't reproduce like animals. They don't reproduce like plants. Yeah, what would they be needing lights for? Something gets a defense mechanism. Something gets to, you know, uh, uh, confuse predators. So, like, the ones in the uh, the rainforest, the Amazon rainforest, they only glow when you walk towards them. They don't glow any other time. Hmm. And they don't even know if, they don't know if they're communicating with each other. Mushrooms, which, hint, hint, well, we'll talk about later, we don't know a lot about them. Yeah. They're probably, of the major biological branches, the least understood. Okay. Plants are super easy comparative. Of the five or six? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm talking about the main three. Oh, okay, gotcha. Plant, animal, fungus. Okay. But they're fun guys. They are. They enjoy yeah. a party. They do. That's one thing we know. Uh, I thought that was the clapping. Sorry. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to make the fun guy joke. I didn't think it was going to happen that soon, though. Well, it did. Um, <laughs> So, like, we don't know why they do these light shows. Mm-hmm. There are mushrooms that have complicated light patterns that almost seems like a breeding thing, but they don't breed that way. Right, yeah. They don't find their mates Yeah, by attracting them. Most of the time, they don't have mates. Right, it's just themselves. Yeah. Hmm. So, there's a lot of weird stuff with that. We don't, we don't understand a lot. Yeah, why would they? Now, we're thinking about it. Yeah, isn't that weird? It doesn't make no sense, does it? Mm-hmm. And uh, the big, the leading one that most scientists get behind is the um, predator defense. Yeah, I can see that. It's the only one that makes sense. Or to call a predator, or call a predator of the thing they're eating near, that it's eating them. Hmm. So let's say there's the Amazonian fungus. They get huge, but let's say some a bug's eating them. Well, they start lighting up. Every frog is going to be able to see there's a bug crawling on them. Gotcha. So that's kind of a secondary oh, thing. Okay. That okay. It could be. That makes sense. I don't fully buy into that. Okay. But it is that is a thought. Well, oh, well here's a thought do, yep. or a, a question. Do bu- or do frogs, they eat at night, right? Oh, yeah. They're super nocturnal. Most frogs are nocturnal. Then would they need light to see? No, but it could call attention because they're eating bugs everywhere. Okay, gotcha. So you think now you have a neon billboard? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, there's bugs on me. I'll be right there. Makes sense. Like when we're in Florida, uh, my aunt and uncle's house, they have lights outside. Mm-hmm. And literally, there's thousands of bugs. Just swarming around lights. And hundreds of frogs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. The frogs know. Yeah. Oh, see, that that part kind of makes sense. But the light also attracts bugs. Yeah. So if you're trying to avoid bugs, lighting up may be a a Mm. double hindrance. True, true. You may be calling more attention to yourself. Maybe they're trying to attract the bugs so they can get the frogs to eat them Mm -hmm. so the funguses can lick the frogs. Funguses don't need anybody else to get high. Oh yeah, that's true. They already do it. Maybe that's how they already. Maybe that's how they get so potent. They're frog lickers. Psilocybin is how they get so potent. Mm-hmm. They absorb it through uh, attracting frogs with their light shows. Mystery solved. Okay. Next. So there's that's the UFOs acting like biological things. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about. We're going to do a full episode on this one day. I promise everybody at home. But the Betty and Barney Hill incident. Mm, yes. We're Pro- not going into depth in this. Probably the most 
famous, one of the most famous. It's the U- first big UFO abduction. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of kicked off the UFO abduction phenomenon in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I believe it happened. And we'll get into why here in a minute. I believe Barney Betty Hill lived a really tough life. So real quick, Barney Betty Hill were an interracial couple in the time when that was a big no-no. Mm-hmm. Even though they were this interracial couple, they lived in a town where Barney became the postmaster general. He was the highest, you know, the highest thing you can get in your, basically your local post office range. I believe this is still when the U.S. government owned the Postal Service. Okay. Uh, before they got rid of it. So, he, he it was amazing. It was a, quite an accomplishment for a black man at the time to get such a high position and have respect in a town of mostly white people. Gotcha. So, but he still lived very on the edge. Uh, he got... There's some st- stories that talk about he got pretty often kind of threatening letter- letters because he was a black man in a higher position, mm-hmm. and people outside the town really didn't like that. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, that was still happening in the 80s and 90s. It's still happening to this day, but it was still prevalent in the 80s in some small town rural right, America. Right, right. Okay. Uh, so they were driving, and they had a UFO. they had a UFO follow them and then pull off the road in front of them. And they both kind of had this psychedelic experience where it was uh, construction workers at late at night coming home from Niagara Falls telling them to go off on a back road. Hmm. But when they retell the story, they can't quite remember the faces of the people they were talking to. Okay. And they, you know, it was more like a dream. You ever have that dream experience where it's kind of like you can remember people, but not anything about them. Right. Yes. Remember the shape. Well, you try to recall it and it's just... Fog. You remember it, but everybody's the, in everything, fog. Everything's yeah, fuzzy. So that's kind of how they describe these supposed construction workers. Hmm. So they have their little dog with them, and here's so once again we'll do a full episode on this, I promise. But Barney's my kind of guy, because <laughs> uh, he carried a very large handgun in the trunk for when white people tried to beat him up. Mm, okay. He was not going down without a fight. Yeah. I appreciate that, Barney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's been passed a long time now, but anyways. So the little dog they had had to go to the bathroom. They pull over, and basically they that's when they, they something's happening. Barney said he's worried about bears. Hint, hint, wink, wink, bears. So bears. he goes and gets his gun. Uh, no, he's worried about white people. Oh, Okay. He was scared that it was like, because they're in rural nowhere. Right, yeah. And he's like, he's a black man in the middle of the night. Like, that's just easy pickings. Right. So he goes and gets his gun, and they have this extraordinarily crazy UFO experience. They both describe the same ship. They both describe the same-ish entities. Vastly different experiences. Hmm. And here's one thing, is Barney lived a life constantly looking over his shoulder and in fear. Mm-hmm. He was a very brave man, but he had a lot going against him. Mm-hmm. And he, he actually died, I believe, of a, of a heart problem later, and they think it was stress-related. Okay. Uh, like I said, he was held a high position in a time where a black man could not. Mm-hmm. Betty, her sister was always super into UFOs, and Betty was kind of into UFOs. Betty, so Barney had a very negative, horrible, torturous experience with these aliens. Betty had a very pleasant learning exciting experience hmm so we have the same ship roughly the same entities 
Betty and Barney's experiences vastly different. Different, correct. Vastly. Uh, and I'm not going to get into the details. That's for that episode. But they actually had UF or not UF. They had government officials come, and it kind of seems like the Men in Black from the government came. Okay. Not the extra ordinary men in black not not lizards in suits correct and not the guy the investigator just not, falling around yeah not not john slick or whatever his name was i don't remember now. yeah uh so the things they were really focused on was lost time both betty and barney experienced lost time until mm. they had a regression and remember the ufo in instant mm. um like i said they had similar ufos creatures were uh, kind of similar, a little bit different, and then experience were vastly different. Mm-hmm. Sickness, they both experienced some kind of sickness. Uh, I think Betty had the full clogged eye ducts, kind of like super pink eye, which is extremely common in close encounters with UFOs. Really? Yeah, clogged tear ducts, pink eye. There's two types of pink eye. There's fecal infection and there's clogged tear ducts. Okay. I think both Betty and Barney had that. Barney developed... Uh, extremely painful warts on parts of his body. Hmm. We won't go into what parts, but use that information, context clues. It was a sensitive area. It's a very private area. Yeah. Um, it seemed to follow them before they were abducted. The ship? Yeah, the ship followed them before they hit the construction. They had a light following them, and Barney kept saying it was a helicopter with no noise. Hmm. So it seemed like it was scoping them out. Mm-hmm. And there's a handful of other UFO abductions where it seemed like it was kind of scoping them out. Right, following I first. think people get passed up for mm. certain reasons. Mm. And here's the one that really helped me connect all these dots. And this was a very common question in the 60s, 70s, and 80s for these investigators, these federal investigators to ask. Did you have any nitrates in the car? Now, why would they be asking that question? So before we get into that part, the answer was yes. They did have nitrates. Hmm. They had, uh, I think, 100 pounds of fertilizer in the back. Uh, and this was before fertilizer law, so it's real fertilizer. Right, yeah. You know, it's, it's stuff you probably make a bomb with. Yeah. Uh, so they had hyper-fertilizers. And apparently that question's been answered yes to a lot. Hmm. An awful lot. Interesting. So, and you kind of know where I'm going. Emily may or may not. What, what do you kind of think of that? When I put all this out there... In the way I want to present it, how does that make you feel? Well, I think I'm connected. That's it's hard because I already know what you're talking I know. about. We shouldn't talk about it so much, but this has been so this has been a passion project of mine for the last couple of weeks. Oh, at least uh, you know about a month. Yeah, well, I've really been in like looking into it for an episode. Yeah, you called me and just yeah. I had an epiphany at work. <laughs> yeah, and it was literally the same. I think it was last podcast from the left. I think their abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. Mm-hmm. And it hit me super hard. And I started screaming. I think I just texted Jay a certain phrase. Yes, I think he did. It's all it's all blank. It's all blank. Yeah, and I had no idea what was going on. But so we've I painted the picture that it seems to be an organic thing. And I painted the picture that this this little the little notes I just went over for the Betty and Barney Hill incident happened most a lot of the times. It's crazy how often it happens. Like a reoccurring theme? Yeah. Okay. So, could it, in fact, be that these UFOs, even the Betty and Barney Hills experience, are living UFOs 
and they are actually a type of fungus, a type of mushroom. Like a flying mushroom? Yes. So, I know, let that, let that hit Sink you. in. Sink in, folks. So, let's say, I won't get into what these mushrooms want from you yet, but these flying mushrooms. That's kind of a weird thing, right? Oh, flying yeah. mushrooms? Well, guess what? I don't know if I've shared this with you, but you remember we've talked about NASA's 2019 Upper Atmospheric Life Studies. Correct. They found a lot of mushrooms. They really? Fungus. They found a lot of fungus. And for the rest of this episode... No, every time I say mushroom, I mean fungus. fungus. It doesn't necessarily mean mushroom. See, that's the hard part in my head. I, I, It's hard to wrap around because mm-hmm. I hear m- mushroom and I just think of the little bulb. And know? that's only, and once again, the breeding, the, the little mushrooms you see about ground are only their breeding organs. Right, yeah. And the rest of it lives underground. Underground. Most of them are like a big blob. Okay. It's, hard, it's just hard to even picture that. So, could it be mushrooms? They have been found in the upper atmospheric study. There's plenty of species of them up there. Mm. They can make you very sick. Yep. You're getting there Mm. for a couple different ways. Uh, So mushrooms are very old and have a super odd evolution. Are those the things that you were talking about earlier that are older than sharks? Oh, yeah. Uh, Mushrooms are, we think, about a billion years old. That's old. Billion with a B. That's like as old as dirt. Life formed 1.2 billion years ago. And a couple things kind of shoved together to make multicellular life, and one of those first groups were funguses. Oh, okay, gotcha. I was saying, what beat what beat them? Uh, there's mul- there's single cellular life. Oh, okay, tons of single cell life for a long time. The answer was water bears. They were on a different planet, though. They don't count. <laughs> At that time, they were vacationing on Mars. <laughs> oh, okay, that was when it was tropical. Bears. Yeah, yeah. Or they were on their asteroid on the way over. Mm-hmm. I just think they're so cute, though. <laughs> Mushrooms, as we've already covered have extremely complex bioluminescence. Mm. Mushrooms have crazy diversity in biology. And then, once again, if I mean fungus, have crazy diversity in biology. Everything from big blobs of slime to who somebody will talk about in a bit being the largest thing ever alive. Bob. Mushrooms, yeah. Mushrooms have owned every non-animal niche. They own the earth. So the big thing that people don't talk about is when wood first developed, when plants first developed wood, it took 44 million years for anything to be able to eat it. Oh, wow. Okay. So we, there was literally the biggest coal stacks and stuff we have are from that period. Mm, okay. All this literally unrotting wood that was laying on top of unrotting wood, laying on top of unrotting wood. Mm-hmm. Wood didn't rot. It's hard to picture, but wood, you've left it alone outside. It didn't do anything. Really? Yeah. Nothing could break it down. Hmm. Uh, then the first guys to move in were funguses. Uh, so fungus have taken everything. Some of them are a lot more mobile than we want to think. Funguses, funguses have super growth abilities. Some funguses are as hard as steel. Some are super soft and pliable. Some have actual capabilities they can actually blow like breathe like puff like yeah is yeah, that yeah. what that one is that they showed the zoo that like when it opens up, it has that nasty stuff. No, that's the out. death flower. But don't they have a mushroom too? Uh, I don't. I can't think of the one you're talking about. So, mushrooms. Here's one you do not know about. Okay. I'll, I'll wager this. Uh, we'll see. Have super high levels of communication among each other. Oh, okay. I they, think I think I might have known that. You may have known it. Yeah. I, I talk about it a lot. Yeah. They talk to each other. 
and we don't understand. So uh, they put synthesizers in mushrooms, like uh, probes. I have seen that. Mushrooms have what seems to be uh, neuropathic capabilities. Mm. It seems to be that they're thinking. We can't even rationalize it right now. Right. They, they seem to have understandings of communication of some way. I'm not talking like speech. Right, right. But resource gathering, you know, allocation, that kind of stuff. They seem to be thinking of something. Mm-hmm. And we can't really understand it. So they have some intelligence to them. We don't know. But I'm going with yes, personally. Or it seems as it seems so. they do. So let's go with, the, like Emily said, mushrooms can make you very sick. Spores, mostly. Mm-hmm. So why would mushrooms be tar... Let's say these are giant flying mushrooms. Okay. Wrap your head around that, everybody at home. Yeah. Get over that, shark. Uh, so let's say they are giant flying mushrooms. So why do people have these experiences where they see these gray aliens? Why do they imagine these ships? Why, you know... So... Psychedelic. Yeah. Mushroom spores can make you very sick, like Emily talked about. They clog tear ducts. That may be a source of that pink eye. Mm-hmm. Some mushrooms really like eating radioactive materials. Mm-hmm. So that may account for some radiation sickness. Is that they're naturally holding on to a bunch of radioactive? Their cells regenerate so fast, mm. they're pretty much immune to that stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, they don't They don't have cellular de- degradation like we do. Because they don't hang on it. They don't hang on to cells that long. long right. They're already gone. Yeah. Like I said, there's some mushrooms, you know, hard as metal and some are super soft and pliable and can actually almost climb. Right, yeah. And that's what we know about right now. I'm sure there's more that there's a lot yeah. more that we don't know anything about. And so if they have I, I drew Jay a picture, these giant feeding tentacles that maybe have eye spots on them. So that's your kind of basic gray shape. Mm. And the spores, some mushroom spores do have psilocybin in them, which cause the crazy hallucinations. Right. So you're both seeing the same base object and the same base feeding tentacles. But you are experiencing whatever you want to experience. Like they talk about with tripping on mushrooms, it's all about your mindset going in. Right, yep. And that's how you trip. If you're going to have fear, you're going to have a really bad time. If you're going into it good, you're going to have a really good time. Yeah. So Betty has going into it as a, oh, we're going to have a really positive experience. Because she's only ever heard good things. Mm-hmm. Barney literally lived a life of fear running. Right, yeah. And this is another scary thing. So, so he immediately went dark. Fear, yeah. So then why would this UFO mushroom be causing all this? What's the point? Why are they hunting these people? And then why are they letting them go? Well, I think he said it earlier. The nitrates. Nitrates. Mushrooms are super attracted to nitrates. Hmm. Hmm. So you th- what what you, does it like eat them like consume nitrates yeah, basically, or like it's, what? It's or basically is- pure food. It's a concentrated food. It'd be like you getting all of your nourishment from a pill. Oh, okay. Rather than which is probably coming soon. What are they just like touch it and absorb it or something like that? Yeah. So basically, yeah, it'll absorb it in. Okay. Obviously, it doesn't have like a mushroom mouth with teeth. Right. Uh, but they do have areas they pull in. Like they use psilocybin roots to like dissolve stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, or, you know, oh. up roots to dissolve stuff. Not psilocybin, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a crazy root. But, oh, so they use their roots to dissolve and then absorb that? Yes. Interesting, okay. Hmm. And then there's one thing. So, what about UFOs 
or aliens that repeatedly visit. What, what if, do you mean? What if it's like they're planting babies? Ah, you got it. Whoa, what? One Emily for one. beat you. What? The, they're like planting their babies. They're in using the us for reproduction. Mm. We're the biological incubators. That's why people have all the stories of being impregnated and then being taken away. All the stories of repeat UFO visits, partially as food collection. They're not going to eat a person. Person people. So if these are things that are flying, they're very light. Yeah. Uh, so they're a person's too heavy for the material it would get out of us. Right. Yeah. Uh, nitrates. Even though it, let's say it did take the hundred pounds, which was missing from Barney's car. Oh. Uh, let's say they did take the hundred pounds. That's a hundred pounds of pure food. Right. It's- Whether the two hundred pounds of man, you get thirty pounds of food out of. Mm-hmm. And you have to work at it. Mm, and break it down. Yeah. And, yep. So, you know, it's people aren't food. I don't think... I, I They could be. I don't think so, though. I think it's more of a leave it alone kind of thing. I gotcha. But the reproduction thing. Yeah, what the about... repeat. How would that work out? Mushrooms, specifically. Now I'm really talking about mushrooms specifically. Okay. Use all kinds of animal species for spore transport and incubation. Like middle stage of life. Okay. Some of these things could be using water. A lot of mushrooms do that. A lot of funguses do that. That's why we see them over rivers. They're depositing their spores. So everybody at home, spores are basically mushrooms' eggs. Right. It's yeah. very different, but kind of the same thing. It's That's what like, grows new funguses. Oh, almost like pollen. It's, a, it's probably about halfway between both. Okay. Pollen's half of one sex chromos- or sex organ. Right. Yeah. Or sexual cell. Okay. And then an egg is a complete. Or. Oh. An egg and what I'm talking about is complete, you know, it's a fertilized egg. Right, right, right. So what if these things are taken back after they're done incubating? What if they know? And I'm not saying they're super intelligent, like, thought. No. They can sense their offspring. Right. And oh, now yeah. it's time to collect and move them on to the next stage of life. That I could see, yeah. And they get you super high every time. That's why they don't, they don't have struggles. They don't have to fight with you. Uh, in whatever you imagine, they just distort your reality, and that's on you. Yeah, and you have that's why that explains all the positive and all the negative. Mm-hmm. That explains, you know, how they people. Some people have, were really calm as a cucumber, mm-hmm. and that may be that's why they get visited so often. Is because okay, this person is easier to manage when I come back to collect offspring and plant new offspring. So I'm well, going to keep using this person. If it's too big a fight each time, what? Their offspring, like, what would their offspring be? It would, now, okay, this is hyper-speculative biology. Right, right. We're on a completely unknown terms of biology. I, I guess I just don't understand what, what they would be using, it, like, a person or human being for. The same thing, think of it as a fetus. The human body is providing nourishment and protection in a calm, warm environment. So it it would feed off us. Yes, it's, it's not more like a parasite, but not a dangerous one. Okay. Uh, the host doesn't die in this. Most I I would figure most of the time. Right. Because I figure this is a host that is being reused. Mm-hmm. If they get a good host, they want to keep using him or them. Uh, and then you start. You imagine the pleasant dreams. You mm. every time they're around, they get super high. Yeah. And. We kind of see that. And the weird thing is some long-term abductees' brains do show uh, neuron synapsids being changed. Like rewired. Yeah. Yes, which happens in mushroom use. When you're using mushrooms. Psilocybin. 
in particular. Causes, yes. Causes your neurosynapses to rewrite. Your neuropathways, yes. Mm -hmm. Huh. Well, there's an overlap. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of overlaps here. This is an episode I've been really excited about for a long time. So, so okay, they they come, they swoop in. It's all hyper speculative. Yes. Oh, yes. This is going to work this out. But UFOs in general are they are. We just know they exist. Exactly. So let's say they swoop in and they dump their DNA in you. And so I'm not even convinced whether it's the food aspect or and it's the, the 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 reproduction, but. I think the reproduction could be one for repeat visitors. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, why would they need a human body? I just think they need an animal. Think about what animal's the most abundant on this planet. They mm. think they need a large-bodied animal. True. Okay. Wonder if it has to do with uh, though, like our Jay, what? What other animals get messed with by UFOs? Cows. Oh, cows all the time. What's the next probably uh, one of the other highest on the planet large-bodied animals besides us? Cows. Yes. Yeah. They're the ones getting lifted out of their mm-hmm. fields and stuff. Horses every once in a while? You ever see... Oh, yeah. Okay. You ever see that video of that cow that gets dropped in that uh, barn? It just falls through the roof? Was it a tornado through it? No. It might have been one of these dropping it. It was just a cow sitting... It was There was a camera inside, like the cow stable, stable or whatever you call it, just where they sleep at night. Literally just sitting there. The, the, Sorry, it made me laugh. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know. It's fine. But they're all just sitting in there, and you know, the camera's on it, and... You can see outside. It's not like a covered thing. <laughs> a cow it comes crashing through the roof. Through the roof. Falls through the roof. Just <laughs> collapses in the roof. That was a mushroom drop again. And, and it rolls like around. And it, the cow even stands back up like what just happened to it. But yeah, it falls through the roof. And it's not like anything. It, the cow walked up on top and just fell through. No, it's a it cow. Could, it, yeah, it couldn't have walked up there. It had, was dropped through the roof. It wouldn't give it the baby back. Mmm. Oh, so it's it took a cow and just dropped it. Like, yeah, you struggled too much. Yeah, huh? But so, like, look at the trance-like state cattle get into. True. Like, you look at Skinwalker Ranch specifically, mm-hmm. and there's a story we've talked about on our living UFO episode previously of a giant living UFO or a, a little living UFO crashing, missing a chunk out of its side, bleeding gr- silver string-like a liquid. Yeah, that's weird. And the big one swooping down and grabbing it, presumably to eat it later. Hmm. Uh, this is a lot to absorb. I know, about. and I I kept stuff secret from you. Yeah, and I that, know. That was weeks of keeping stuff secret from you. And that, the reproduction me, that's hard angle. To do. The reproduction angle is a crazy one. I'm glad you got that in. That and was that's smart probably thinking. Why that she had a better experience too with it than Barney did. I don't think in that one they got planted with any offspring. Excuse me. Um, because they really didn't have any secondary visits. Mm. There's that... Hmm. I'm just thinking of like all the UFO stories I've heard and stuff before. That one I keep going back to, that Stan Romanek guy. He was visited multiple times. And like I said, supposedly he had kids with whatever in that these things be, are. Because you have some kind... Even a man has some kind of maternal feeling mm-hmm. for this process. And, like, they would talk, supposedly talk to him on the phone. They would call his house phone. It was always staticky, but a voice would always come through. And it could be whenever they check back up on their breeding host, mm-hmm. he's getting a little high. It could be that, or what if mushrooms are communicating, you know? Now, and- that's, let's save that for a second. Okay. We'll speculate their intelligence later. 
Because, I mean, let's just say they are. If they're this old and they're that So that's the other thing. Is big. That these are an ancient classification of life. Mm-hmm. They've had the time to do to this. Get this. Yeah. They've been around forever. They've weathered every storm. They've conquered every foe. Mm-hmm. As far as a biological life goes, they are probably one of the ultimate species. And I, I, the back end, don't worry, guys at home. I have some uh, scientific lecturing for you. I know everybody enjoys like the little science lessons we give. Mm-hmm. I have some for you, and you're gonna meet Bob. Uh, Bob is one of my favorite entities on the planet. He's running the planet, actually. Uh, we are just living in Bob's world. We really are. Technically, yeah. He's older than writing. Yeah. He's older than sharks. No, he himself is not older than oh, sharks. Okay. <laughs> His species probably is. Probably, yeah. Uh, I just like saying that. But, yeah, there's a lot of things older than sharks. Sharks are older than trees, and that was what Jay really liked. Yeah, that one I liked a lot. Yeah. But fun- or funguses used to be trees. There used to be 20-foot-tall funguses. Hmm. So the ones that could have survived, the big ones, could be the ones like up in the sky. There's we so the, the only branch we really don't see them take over is the oceans. Okay, it's probably due to the salt. They have poor time dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Not, and it's not impossible. There are funguses that live in salt water. Yeah, uh, they just don't have the complexity they normally do on land in in freshwater environments. Right. Yeah, or just damp environments in general. I mean, there's arid mushrooms or arid oh, funguses. Really? Yeah. They don't need that. We just have that picture because that's where ours normally grow. grow. Yeah. So this long-term reproduction strategy. So let's say they are intelligent. And they want to, most of the time, let's say they really want to keep you happy. Because mm-hmm. you are providing a service. A happy host is a good host. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so the weird one is these little metal fragments that get planted in abductees. Yeah. And a lot of these have meteoric compounds that aren't common or found on earth and there's some speculation there's some arguing about how really they're not as rare as like some documentaries make them seem yeah uh but some of them are pretty rare uh what if that is something what if that's extra minerals or a certain compound they need and they know your body can't produce it so what do you think they leave a little source inside of you if you're going to say they're intelligent enough to communicate with you well then obviously they would be intelligent enough to do something like that that's what i'm saying yeah is it i really think that let's say they are intelligent mushrooms that are living in the sky that's the craziest sense i've ever said in my life just so we know uh intelligent mushrooms living in the sky yes and they know that we are very so think about reproductive sources of animals on the planet humans are everywhere Mm mm-hmm Humans have their own health systems. As far as sources of, you know, biological host, they are self-containing. They are self-take, they take care of themselves. Whenever they get sick, they go to the doctor. When, you know, when anything happens. So as far as picking a species to use as a host, that's a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Because you know the host isn't going to die. Because this is not a species that I've, I don't think, this is a species that the host needs to die for the complete reproductive cycle. To, to complete. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I think it's quite the opposite. I think they want you to be healthy and happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and depending on where, like, whatever they're using your body for, you know, the incubate, is that Mm -hmm. basically what we're saying? Yeah, yeah, sure. Kind of like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, what if it feeds off of a a healthy brain or something or a healthy... There's compounds that are produced. Yeah. Uh, Well, there's compounds that's produced when you're living a negative life that's Mm -hmm. very detrimental to your organs. Mm -hmm. So it would be very detrimental to, let's say 
a mushroom fetus. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, mushroom fetus. Oh my gosh, I never mm-hmm. thought I'd say that. And long-term exposure does seem to have these neural synapses. You ever hear of people having UFO encounters and then having their awakening after that? Like their, yes, yes. Their spiritual awakening or their psychedelic awakening. Mm-hmm. They see life in a new way. Uh-huh. How many times have you heard people describe taking mushrooms, the drug, like that? Well, just any, like, major psychedelic. Any major but mushrooms specifically. Well, for sure, yep. Oh, yeah, say the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Well, like, ayahuasca, like, when they say stuff like that, I mean, if you're, it's, you're hallucinating, you're experiencing this whole other thing. And it talks about opening your third eye and stuff like that. What if that's just a byproduct mm-hmm. of these guys? Or what if it's that, what if it's those people that automatically because it's dmt right that yes it secretes that the other side though how many times have you heard horror stories about psychedelics and mushrooms where they take them once and it ruins their life oh for sure for and sure you have both mm-hmm. with these abduction stories mm-hmm. mm, another overlap there's tons it yeah. really is the, i'm telling you when this hit this hit me like a truck it was like the piece snapping in yeah and you're yelling at work mushrooms i was i mushrooms. was so i literally texted jay they're all mushrooms they're all mushrooms they're all mushrooms <laughs> Yeah, because it was like, it hit me like a ton of freaking bricks. Yeah. I'm th- and they're baking a cake at work and listening to the Betty Barney Hill and they're talking about the men in black asking them about the nitrate stuff. And I'm like, nitrates, what animals like, or what they like stuff like nitrates? I'm like, really only mushrooms. And mushrooms like radiation, mushrooms cause he's like, <sighs> <laughs> mushrooms. Yeah. It was really, I really think they're like a chunk of them are mushrooms. Not all UFOs. Right. No. We're, but we're I, not I'm talking that. about these biological, seemingly UFOs. The ones maybe we thought were more jellyfish. Like they were, they're still jellyfish in shape. Yes. Well, I think there still might be jellyfish type. Yeah, there could be a squishy animal up there. Sure. Yeah. But the fungus angle is among us. Fungus is among us. <gasps> is that a title? I know that's already a thing, but I think that'll be the title. The fungus is among us. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? I've talked a lot because this is one of my trains i think we'll sign up for the the ufo conference and i'll give the speech and then i'll be burned at the cross that or you might be um praise like the i will new not mes- be they the hate everybody there might be one small sect in there oh yeah there'll be two guys and be, they'll be on the cross with me they'll be worshiping you they'll just be like jesus and the two thieves <laughs> yeah i'll have the staff and it's put you out of your misery spirit, it's right there there you go yeah i'll stab you with that use that one okay <laughs> danny made me a spear for bigfoot and that's what jay will kill me with yeah or me Whoever's closer. Yeah, it's fine. I don't think you could stab me hard enough. I get the le- legal benefits from it. That's true. So you better not do it. True. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Tell me. No, I think I think you got something here. I've never heard it before. One. Two, it does make sense. It's just hard to picture. It's hard to imagine. Because yeah. I don't know anything about funguses or mushrooms. The most biologically diverse sect of life I, i'll, I'll hmm. go on a limb and say that because mushrooms probably of the three main branches we're talking about plants animals and fungus the least understood the least researched and there are thousands of species and the most probably they're probably the most abundant every everywhere it, yeah sometimes we're not so i don't think right now we don't think they're in the deep sea around these thermal vents and stuff like that mm-hmm. we don't know though we're not looking for fungus we're right. looking at animal life right exactly because the animal life is crazy and they, i'm I, we would never imagine they were in the atmosphere until we did that test. What mm-hmm. we didn't three years ago? Yeah, and they're everywhere up there. Mm-hmm. And then their capabilities of what they can eat are insane. Mm-hmm. They eat 
tons of stuff. Every some fungus really only eat rust. Oh my gosh! They love oxidized metal. Hmm. Some funguses eat oil. Uh, they're not very good at it, but they can do it. Yeah. Uh, some funguses, like we said, love radioactive material. Yeah. Uranium two forty two. Give me a whole bowl of it. And I'll eat it. Don't. Isn't there some that eat plastics, or is that oh, something yeah. else? There's a fungus eats everything on this planet. Okay. Funguses are the master of breakdowns. Mm, okay. Like I said, their their first big and people don't get this. Their first big accomplishment was breaking down wood. They were the first biological entities to figure that out. So George Washington's teeth. Yes. Gotcha. And that was hard to do. And people don't really, I don't think people, I think some people struggle to understand that trees were literally piled, forests were built on top of dead trees that refused to break down. Because That's when plants about. developed wood, it was, it's crazy. It's too strong. Mm-hmm. It's too strong. Mm-hmm. And there was animals at that time still eating metal nodes. Metal nodes? Mm-hmm. Really? There's still animals that eat metal nodes. Like the snail? Yeah. Iron-clad snail, or iron-skirted snail. Yes. I think they're mushrooms. I think you might be on to something. What do you think, Emily? You got the you got the reproductive thing, which I'm pretty proud of you about that. Because I, I haven't told Emily anything about this. You get a little star on the board. Mm-hmm. First one for the week. First one for the month. It's been first one, one for the show for the month. It's probably the first one for the show. I've had a couple good ones, <laughs> but I do think it is something of the sort mushroom like. Because it does make sense that um, the, like, reproduction part, that was a little loud. Continue. Uh, (laughs) The reproduction part. The reproduction works because then they'd have to come back for it. But then since they can't breed, reproduce like we do, they use us because we're more likely to take care of ourselves. I really think that's a good angle. I don't, I don't get what you mean they come back for it. They, they may So they may collect. Let's say they leave a single spore, for example. Like okay. What if they let's, just leave it on your brain? Okay, gotcha. But like, there's no way for you yourself to get rid of it. Right. But you can't detect it. But they can detect Something it. Something like that. And then when that cycle's done, they come and collect it. How? How they put it in. What if they just pull? I don't like think it's a, in your brain, for example. I think it's oh, actually... Oh, the probe? I, is that they, what the probe is? Yes. I was trying to be more general. Oh, and I wonder I, why it is so sore. Funguses are very hard to detect, and they're really common parasites. Funguses are amazing at uh, basically tricking your immune system. Hmm. Like, no, we're just normal cells. We're just normal part of you. Hmm, yeah. And they can actually trigger your immune system to attack other things inside your body. Oh, gotcha. Like other invaders. Yeah. They're very territorial of you. Gotcha. And that's funguses in general that infect humans. Uh, I know I've been to a lot of infectious disease doctors when I was dying a couple years ago. Uh, and that's one of the things I thought I had. It was a mushroom or a fungus. fungus. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Although every time we talk about it, I keep imagining like a spaceship and then there's just toad and toadettes sitting there. Oh, Flying inside it. the... Yeah. I was like, toad? I thought you meant like a toad. No. Not, not the mushroom toad. Mario toad. Yeah. Toad and Toadette from yes, Mario I know, or yeah. Super Mario. Yeah, they're they're, they're sitting flying. They're going to work. I think they're mushrooms. Yeah, I think you might be right. Not all. No, of them. not you off you. I want to make that very clear. I think they're all fun guys. You're <laughs> <laughs> supposed to do the clapping <laughs> one, like the butts. Oh, oh! I keep hitting the wrong button. <laughs> These right. jokes are primo. Anything else for living U- or UFOs being living funguses? I hope this blew someone's mind. I, it blew mine. 
That's all that matters. I mean, this is your brainchild. This I really is... think this is the first time I looked it up several times. I couldn't find anything on this. If you have a government official knocking at your door next, but come on in. We have a podcast. We'll record an episode this, with you. Uh... Yeah, you can, you can tell us whatever you want. They'll be like, yeah, yeah. We'll record a podcast with you. That's I'll what be they like, say. if you say there's no such thing as UFO mushrooms, we'll go right along with it. Yep, yep, yeah, just, just just look right into the light. I will, I will take my shield check. Yeah, me too. If it if it gets us to the next level, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say yep. That was a stupid idea. Yeah, sorry we ever even thought of mm-hmm. it. All right, are you ready to talk about Bob? Let's get to Bob. Who's Bob, Emily? Do you know? You remember who Bob is? The builder? No. Well, kind of. <laughs> He's built a forest on his back. Well, not just a forest. He's the a tortoise, national forest. Right? Bob is not a tortoise. Bob is about the size of a small state. He's not the big tortoise that has the Okay, land Jay. On him. Who's Bob? A giant mushroom. I don't know. Bob is the single biggest living or- organism on the planet. And we think uh, his family group, we kind of have, I, I haven't shared this with you yet, I don't think, we kind of have the remnants of might be a fossil of Bob's relatives. Hmm. And Bob's relatives were a lot bigger than Bob. Hmm. And that's saying something. Hmm. Uh, so he is the Blue Mountains National Forest is on top of Bob's back. Where's that? Um, uh, you asked me too fast. Oh, sorry. Blue Mountains National Forest sounds like Oregon. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna guess that. It's weird. Bob's budding bodies Ooh. can be seen all over the national forest. So Bob is an underground organism. Uh, we'll get to his actual size here in a minute. Well, I can tell you, his whole if you if you added up all his mass. So Bob's kind of like, imagine a network of veins. Yeah. That's Bob. But if you put all of his mass in one spot, he's 3.7 square miles. Oh, wow. Okay. Of like foot thick mushroom. Right. Yeah. So, but he spreads all over the whole national forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use DNA testing to show that each budding body is the same. Is Bob. It's connected underground. Gotcha. Um, Bob is a very special organism. He is a armillier. Sophidies, Sophidies, Armoriliidae, Sophidies. Mm. Uh, his group is not that common in the world, and it's weird because he reproduces every year. Hmm. So I think it takes very, very special things Condi- conditions for one of these things to take root. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, so we th- we don't know. It's Bob. There's a lot of speculation with Bob. So basically. He keeps this entire forest on his back alive because uh, it benefits him. He's farming this forest. Mm, okay. He feeds them certain nutrients, uh, specifically certain types of nitrates. There's, that's a big group of minerals. Or, mm-hmm. So he feeds the forest, keeps the forest on his back help, healthy. They break down and give him food. Gotcha. So he's farming. We don't really know how old Bob is, but we think he's as young as 8,000 years old. And as old as 45,000 years old. That's pretty dang old. And there's some groups that put him more towards the 200,000 years old. Okay. And that may sound like big numbers, but we have some corals that are around the 40,000 year mark. We have some uh, lichen, which are a simple algae mm-hmm. uh, that are around the 40,000 year mark. And I'm trying to think, there was uh, so, oh, deep sea sponges. We have some deep sea sponges that are like around the 50,000 year mark. Okay. So a non-animal living that long... You know, that's not as it's not uncommon. crazy, right, yeah. 
it's you know it's rare, but it's not unthinkable. Uh, exactly, yeah. But uh, he is a humongous fungus, is what the locals all call him, and he's kind of came a mascot in this part of Oregon. Why well, wouldn't you? Yeah, and it's weird. So the next runner-up, Bob does have a relative, and he's somewhere in Wyoming. Okay. And he's much smaller, like uh, like one square mile if you added everything he has up. Mm-hmm. Much younger. We think what we we don't really know how old. It's all guesswork. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there's another one in Europe, and that's the three main groups of this fungus we know about. Okay. So as far as we know, think about the the Titans from Godzilla, uh, the new Godzilla franchise. Mm-hmm. That there are a few of them. They're massive. They have super long lifespans and super slow reproduction. Uh, Bob was probably around well before he was. Well, Bob was around well before anything with two feet walked on his back. Okay. In my, and I think he's more closer to the two thousand year old mark. Gotcha. Okay. I think he's a lot bigger than people think. There's oh, some evidence that bigger than what we've even found. Yeah. Okay. Oh, probably what we can see. Yes, there's some evidence that he is a lot bigger or a lot deeper than we. Yeah, I was just going to ask how deep you think they go. He only goes about we think he only goes about 15 feet down in his deepest. Okay. He's literally feeding his whole force. He interweaves between all of this network of trees. He is a he is a super crazy organism. He's probably one of my favorite organisms on the planet. And he in a blink of an eye will be gone for him. Yeah. And he talks to everything in the forest. Mm. It's weird. We they have so it's not uh, electric impulses like normal thinking, like we think about. Right. Yeah. It's something new that we are really having trouble understanding, but we're thinking it's biological communication within his own body. So like your your brain telling your arm to move. Right. That's not communication as in talking. That's communication as in telling your body something. Right. It doesn't move. So what is he at? He's constantly buzzing with activity. Hmm. It's almost like he's thinking. Thinking or sending out signals to everything mm-hmm. around him, yeah. And it's almost, it's, some people think, now this, now we're getting to the speculative side of Bob, that he can request certain stuff from the trees. And the trees pretty much do what he says. Well, trees can communicate. Right? Yes, oh yes. And people don't understand that. Trees take care of, trees even take care of their offspring. Right, yeah. The, before tree, especially if a tree's about to die, and it has a juvenile of its of its genetic lineage mm-hmm. nearby. So canopy space is very, very sought after. Many little trees die before they ever get to be forest kings. Mm-hmm. But let's see, big oak tree, right before he dies, he dumps every bit of stored nutrients he has to his, his kids specifically through mm-hmm. his root system. Mm-hmm. That way, when he dies and that canopy spot opens, they have the chance to, to take, take it. To take it, not, not something else. Yeah. Hmm. And that's another, that's a, that's a plant. But it's another form of life we don't put intelligence towards. Right, yeah. It seems to have some kind of different biological drive. Mm-hmm. Some, it's like a different form of consciousness that we just... I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, okay. Is It's something that we as humans are having really trouble rationalizing. Like we can, some of it we can relate to, but Others as far as just... under, understanding it 100%, like we understand each other, which we don't, no one does, mm-hmm. ain't going to happen. So UFOs are mushrooms. Yep. They use us as rep- they use other animals for reproduction. Just so you know, a lot of mushrooms use us as secondary host mm-hmm. or some part of their life stage. Mm. Or maybe they try to like compare hosts, and that's why they go from like humans to cows to horses to that could be pretty I'd... much whatever they can grab to see which would be a more viable one. I have another little thought. 
So like I said, there's three of Bob's current species. We don't really understand how they get around. We don't understand how they... We really don't understand how they reproduce. Mm -hmm. What if Bob is the last life stage in the fungus UFOs? Ah, before they ascend to the skies. No, no, the last stage. When they're done flying around, when they're done breeding and spreading, they land land and fuse in and create a forest on their back. That'd be cool. And that they may be the pioneering species of the planet. This may be a very ancient, slow species. Hmm. And we just happen to be, right now, the preferred host. Right, yeah. And, And like Emily was saying... They seem to take other hosts when humans aren't readily available. They don't seem to be going out of their way specifically to find humans unless they're repeats. They know, mm-hmm. okay, this one works really good. This mm-hmm. one's this one doesn't struggle. This one, uh, the offspring come out stronger. Or, right. Yeah. It, you know. Yeah. It, it, this one eats okay. Hmm. A lot of questions need answering or studied. What do you think? Ask I, me something. I think it's a plausible thing. I think this is you're onto something. I really do. I think you might have figured something out here. I think it's worth investigating further, and I think it's if we could test it somehow. Like if there's a way to just test it, let's get some really powerful or really strong nitrates, and let's leave it, you know, somewhere. I don't know. We'll make a trap for it and see if we can catch it. Like a mouse trap. Kind of, yeah. And just see what we can. I don't know. Trigger a. Something and suck it up with a giant vacuum and see what's in there. I think once it gets near you, you're pretty much trapped. Well, I better, I'm staying away from it. You throw the nitrates out in the middle of the field and you go put hide on a behind, respirator. Put on a respirator and hide behind that uh, glass like Mythbusters did when they blow stuff up. You sit back there and watch and wait. And then that's it. I suppose as far as my plan goes. Anything after that, you better figure that out. The fungus among us. The UFO mystery solved by the Cryptids of the Corn Crew. I think we've solved a lot of cryptids. Definitely Sally Gaster. Definitely. The cave thing. A couple other people have kind of started that. But the the, the mass stuff we put behind it, UFOs, mushrooms. Mokelium Bembe. I am pretty confident we put a nail in that coffin. Paraceratherium. I really think it is. It does fit all the boxes. The only one is the tail, and that's the one that doesn't pop up with every sighting. Right, yeah, exactly. Like you said, well, that's a different episode. <laughs> that's a different episode. Yeah, we already talked about that. Or have we not? I don't know if this comes out first. We may have ruined that. Was that a... Oh, shoot. That's okay. I well, think that was a Patreon one anyways. No, McKinley Bembe's main page. Okay, never mind. But UFOs are mushrooms. They're here for your nitrates. Oh, and the other one. So They're here for your nitrates. Uh, they're here for you to raise their kids. And they really like hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple, so I kind of skipped over it. There was a couple of abductions, and they were like, well, what's a nitrate? And then kind of the men in black were describing, like, it could be this, it could be this, or it could be this. Oh, yeah, I had 100 pounds of hot dogs. There was like eight of them. Yeah. Where they had an enormous amount of, of hot, hot dogs. Yeah. Like, a stupid amount of hot dogs. The one was like 30 pounds, which is a lot. Yeah. And that was the least. Okay. I think the max was like 250 pounds. Man, that's a lot of hot dogs. But they were transporting those to like a baseball stadium, I believe. Mm, okay. Uh, so there was, there seems to be a real connection with the the food aspect. But if it's a nitrate, it's, you know, fertilizing hot dogs to us are very different. For sure. To a fungus are the same thing. Right. It's just, yeah, it's, it's food. Mm-hmm. That's condensed nitrates. I think we should drive our car, load the back up, your car, 
load the back up with manure and uh i'd rather hot dogs i'd rather have the smell of hot dogs than manure <laughs> so i said your car mm-hmm. I'll, I'll drive the hot dog car that's all right i'll take that bullet <laughs> and we'll attract one of these and see what happens it really just sounds like two parent mushrooms that one go out have a barbecue and they just need somebody to babysit the kids or they're making babies or they're making babies, but they need their other kids to be babysat. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think they're two. It's two special I'm, mushrooms. I'm gonna take this fertilizer from you. I'm gonna give you this egg for a bit, and implant it into your skull. I think it's the other end. Personally, you know, I think they go a long way up in there to plant it deep. I think it just kind of sticks in your colon somewhere. Oof. Oof. And I think they like. I think they more like to use women in reproductive areas because it's an, already a cavity made for that. Hmm. Interesting. Now, where did he... He had the warts, but not her, right? Barney mm-hmm. Hill? Correct. Hmm. And he... So, funguses can cause warts. Do you know what a wart is? Um, it, like a planter's wart. I guess not. They yet. hurt. They're painful. Right. Yeah, I know what that is. I know what a wart is. Yeah. So, that is your body encasing... A foreign object. Oh, okay. Most time it's viral. Really? Yeah. That's why you ever seen somebody dig out the seed of a wart? Yeah, and it's like that little red thing. Yeah, that's that. That's the encasement of a virus. Hmm. Interesting. Or something else. It doesn't have to be a virus, but most time it's a virus. Didn't know that. Hmm. So it could be something like that. It could be literally the spores. Oh, okay. I think makes sense. It could, or it could be a piece of shrapnel that gets caught in your finger, and then it turns into that one day. Mm-hmm done that before dug them out there you go hmm anything else to add kids i think you've figured something out here i really do i think this might be uh, this is the ticket we're going to a ufo conference we're going to speak yep and this is what we're doing and and, and you, then they're going to shoot me you and yes but i died a hero you did you for sure did it's it's saved in time forever as long as people have access to a podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> anything last thoughts emily all right. I have been the great, powerful, and informative Mr. E. Ooh, I've been um, just magnificent and giant. Uh, and giant and inspired Jay. Ooh, three. I've been the fun guy, Emily. The fun guy, Emily. And together we're Critical Corn Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Remember, we have Patreon, t-shirts, all that good stuff. Like, share, review, five stars only. Pretty please. All right, guys. <laughs>
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.